I'm Stina. I'm Danielle. We want to focus on uh, television and movies in particular. Yes. Disclaimer that we are in no way film experts. A deep, like, dive. Be quiet. Whoa. I'm yelling. Back me up on this one. (laughs) Hey, you're listening to... Two Girls Watch TV. Hello, everyone. Hello, and welcome back to Two Girls Watch TV. I'm Danielle. (laughs) And I'm Stina. Sorry, I think I was still in the bro zone from the uh, conversation we just had. Oh, my gosh. I told Danielle that I went apartment hunting, and we went to look at this place, and it was so very clear to me that a single man lived there for a couple of reasons, but the two main ones were when I first walked into the apartment, I saw two pairs of slides, rubber slides. Like Adidas. Like Nike? One of them them was Adidas. I think the other one was like Nike. Okay. Okay, so number one. Number two, oh, I forgot to tell you this. There was like one singular folding chair oh in the living my room. God. <laughs> oh my God. Like one of those chairs that like moms take to soccer games, that kind of folding chair. It was a fancy folding chair that, yeah, but it was like, yeah, I think he might have been using it to, like, lift weights on. It was like, it was sturdy, but it was like a folding chair. Oh, my God. And then he had two pull-up bars, one over the bathroom and one over the bedroom. And the one over the bathroom was actually doubling as a hanger for all of his caps. All of his fitteds? All of his fitteds. Oh, but, but did he have a giant thing of protein powder, of whey protein powder that, like, no? no? You should have gotten him one and just I left, should have left it there. <laughs> From your visitors. I think this will add to your personality. So when we left, Dave said, you know, this is a place for, I, I think this is a place for a single man and I was like oh what was your first clue what tipped you off oh what what was it was it the slides was it the one folding chair how many cans of axe did this guy have I didn't really inspect the bathroom because then I became like less of me wanting this apartment and more of me invading this man's (laughs) personal space being interested in who this person was yeah, I was like, I need to, it's like that game, Guess Who? Do you remember? I was yeah. like flipping down the cards and I was like, I'm leaving the bro card up because it's definitely <laughs> a bro. And so I told Dave, I was like, listen, the only reason that we're even looking at this apartment is because this man clearly found someone and he no longer can have his bro zone because two people can't live here no. with one folding chair. With one folding chair? Oh my goodness. I don't know how this transitions into the fun, family fun movie Missing Link. It doesn't. I don't really have a transition, but I, when I went TV, it made me think of a bro, and I just felt the need to share that story with our viewers, because my life is a circus, but it's really like starting to spread. It used to be in my household, but now it's like in other places. Oh, man. So, speaking of a circus, I feel like the missing link mess. I feel like Susan could play the bearded man in the circus. I, I think so. I don't know. I'm, I'm really, I'm fishing here. I'm throwing you are fishing. 
<laughs> well, today we are talking about the movie Missing Link. And you can stream it on Hulu. 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 <laughs> this movie was nominated at the Oscars, last year's Oscars, for Best Animated Feature Film. And I'm kind of glad that it was. You're kind of glad? Yeah. Yeah. Well, what was the Disney movie that came out? That won? It was Toy Story. Yeah, I'm really glad that this at least won the Golden Globe. This won the Golden Globe? Yeah, in 2019. Hold on one second. Sorry. No, last year's Golden Globes, it won Best Animated, uh, I'm pretty sure. Yes, it was. Sorry. I, did, I don't know why I only looked at the Oscars. Yes, this is the winner of Best Animated Feature Film at the Golden Globes. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> but it was nominated at the Academy Awards. Yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm glad that it won at least the Golden Globe. Okay. We'll give it that. We're going so far back, Danielle. That's why. We already really have back. a new slew of Golden Globe nominations. But right now we're, we're playing catch up. We have a few left from last Golden Globes, so we're just gonna we're gonna finish kind of strong. <laughs> kind of strong. Kind of sorta. So, are you ready for the summary? Yes, I'm ready. Let's go. The story of an explorer, Sir Lionel Frost, and his adventure to discover uncharted territories. At first, Sir Frost is on a mission to be impressive and fit in with his adventure club. I didn't know what else to call it. <laughs> I have other names for it, but this is a children's. Um, movie, and I'm trying my best to like make content for children right now, which I teach at a college, so bear with me. As time goes on, Susan Link, aka Sasquatch, writes to him and hopes to be brought to others of his kind, the Yetis. Frost accepts the mission first for personal gain, and later learns a lot about his relationships with others that he truly cares about along the way. Oh, that's cute. Yeah. So, like Christina said, the story follows Sir Lionel Frost, who is voiced by Hugh Jackman. Did not know that while watching the movie. Oh, you didn't? No, not at all. Um, He is an adventure seeker, explorer, and anthropologist. After his mishap with Nessie, he looks to uncover another urban legend and receives a letter to go to Washington State to find the missing link. Uh, once he arrives, he does find him, Mr. Susan Link, played by Zach Galifianakis. Also did not know that one. He is highly intelligent, speaks and writes, but is very lonely with no relatives. He wants to go live with the Yetis in the Himalayas. To do this, they need the help of Adelina Fortnite, played by Zoe Saldana. Her husband died trying to find uh, Sh- Shangri-La, but her husband did create this map to lead them there, so they need her help. The antagonist is Lord Pigo Dunsby, played by Stephen Fry. Uh, he's determined to stop Sir Lionel Frost, who he sees as an embarrassment to, I called it the Great Men Club, because I'm pretty sure that it was something like Great Men Club on the like plaque outside. It's a group of British intense hunters, is what I described him as. I'll tell you what I really think it's called after we stop recording. <laughs> um, Lord... Dunsby um, hires a thug named Willard Shrank, played by Timothy Oliphant, uh, to follow Lionel Frost and kill him and Mr. Link. So, Lionel, Adelina, and Susan finally make it to Shangri-La, which it, in Yeti translates to keep out, we hate you. 
<laughs> Susan is very happy to be there, but the Yetis consider him their redneck cousin. Susan considers himself more of an Auburn, not really red. <laughs> um, the head Yeti throws Lionel. Oh, I didn't mention this. So the head Yeti, the elder Yeti, is actually voiced by Emma Thompson. Did you yes. know that one? She throws Lionel, Adelina, and Susan into the inescapable pit of isolation and miserable disappointment so that their <laughs> utopia can be protected from human knowledge. They manage but to escape. It's just a pit. It's just a pit. <laughs> like, a, none of those things are in there. It's just a pit. It's a hole in the ground. Um, they manage to escape, but as they're fleeing over the ice bridge, they run into Shrink and P.O. Dunsby, who have followed them there. The, of course, of course, you have a thin bridge over a huge valley. It's going to break. So the ice bridge winds up breaking, and they almost fall to their death. But magically, they survive and are able to continue on with life and they take what they've learned and move forward for the ending you kind of said that they already brought themselves to safer land from the falling icicles and bridge susan knows someone who knows him uh, meaning he knows himself to become sir frost's new partners in adventure he blows raspberries to the stupid yetis and their sucky utopia Frost and Link say goodbye to Adelina as she goes on her own adventure, and the story ends with the new discovery of Susan and Lionel exploring Atlantis. The fun will never stop. The fun will never stop. So I went to IMDb and Metacritic, and on IMDb, it was a 6.7 out of 10. On Metacritic, the meta score was 68 and the audience score was 7.0. I'm now learning that um, met the the critic score, the meta score is like out of 100, but the audience score is out of 10. So it's like weird. A, yeah, it's like a number and then it's like 7.0. Interesting. So, yeah. On Rotten Tomatoes, the critics gave it an 89%, but the audience gave it a 67%. I personally think that this movie should have been at least like a 7 and change, but... Mm. I'll, I have a review that it's titled Something Missing. Um, the director's name is Laika, Lakia. Chris, but- Chris Butler. Oh, well, I don't know who, what this is then. Production companies, like, like Lakia is the production company. Oh, okay, okay, that's what it is. I really do wish I liked Lakia's films more than I do. There's something so endearing about the way they make movies, but I can't seem to connect to the stories as much as Pixar and Disney animation. Okay. Missing Link is far better than the trailers made it out to be, containing even a few true laugh-out-loud moments. Anchored by strong voiceover performances from Hugh Jackman and Zach Galifianakis, Missing Link is a serviceable animated adventure in a very crowded 2019. I sure hope Lakia can find a nice balance of creative energy they always bring to the table with a more universally welcoming story, something akin to what Pixar does. So I just looked it up really quickly. Lakia did movies like Coraline, Paranorman, and The Corpse Bride. The Corpse Bride makes sense. Yeah. So that's kind of what their their genre is. So I, li- I liked the animation. Don't get me wrong. I agree. I also liked the fact that it wasn't 
a Disney movie. But a couple times I found myself asking myself, I found myself asking myself, this is a children's movie? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Like, I'm going to hire an assassin and kill him. Like, if I'm a seven-year-old, what? Yeah, I 100, and also just the dialogue was very advanced, is what I'm going to say. So I feel like if you're a little kid, you're not really going to grasp a lot of what, like, Sir Lionel is saying. I think that was more of, like, adult humor. Yeah, it was 100% adult humor. Because I laughed a lot through this. Yeah. Like, a lot of the, like, I mean, I'm going into my highs, and I don't want to do that because you still need to give your review. But I found myself laughing a lot at, like, the banter between the two of them. Yeah, no, I thought that their dialogue was really, really great. You know what? Here, let me give my review and then we'll go into highs and lows because I also, we'll, we'll put a pin in this because I also want to talk about that. That's also in my highs and lows. Okay. So this is a two and a half out of five star review. It's from Rotten Tomatoes and it says, I can see kids enjoying Missing Link all right. For me, it was well short on humor. I expected a lot, at least more attempts. Kids will find it funnier, no doubt, but how much funnier? A lot of tired storylines here. The bad guy would be killer. Bit strong for a movie aimed mostly at young adults, at kids and young adults, don't you think? Was very generic. That failed musician guy. (laughs) This line killed me. That failed magician guy in Frosty the Snowman was scarier. The artwork in animation was impressive enough, especially the Yeti scenes with the Elder, the wonderful Emma Thompson. But this was pretty underwhelming for me. Uh, 2.7 stars. So... Is that the guy that goes, busy, busy, busy? I'm gonna be busy, busy, busy. Yes, that guy. (laughs) Sorry. If you've ever seen Frosty the Snowman, we you know what we're talking about. It's a very, very specific reference. Oh, well, Danielle, they wouldn't know because they made us watch Die Hard. Sorry. It's February. I'm over it. Okay. So let's get into the biggest low that I felt. I, I didn't feel like this was a children's movie. It felt like it was an adult movie and they added like the raspberries and the little fart scenes to make it into a kid's movie. I like to think of this and I'm probably not doing it justice, but it's the first thing that I couldn't help but think about it as I watched it. Nightmare Before Christmas kept giving me Nightmare Before Christmas vibes. I don't think that I ever liked Nightmare Before Christmas as a child. Didn't appreciate it until I was older. Yeah. Yeah, I can agree with that. I like it now. Don't get me wrong. I think it's great. I think it's funny. I think it's clever. But I didn't start to appreciate it until I was at least in my preteen years. Yeah, yeah. Because I think that's another movie that you think it's a children's movie, but then you watch it and they're trying to kidnap Santa Claus and you're like, whoa, this is not a children's movie. But it's it's an adult, it's an animated movie that's for adults. And I feel like I almost wish that this movie was geared to adults as opposed to children. Because then you wouldn't have gotten those little like jab child-like jokes thrown in there. And you would have just had, like, a a strict, like, adults animated movie. Um, 
I thought that the my high was that I thought the animation was great and I thought that the the shots and the scenes were really great like there's one scene where the three of them are like walking up and you see their shadows walking first and then the camera the camera pans up to them and I thought that those and a lot of the scenes were really balanced it reminded me a lot of a Wes Anderson movie, like a fantastic Mr. Fox and Isle of Dogs. Like it felt very much like that. I just wish, but those movies are geared towards adults. They're not children's movies. So I wish that instead of making this a children's movie, it could have just been an adult movie. I feel like if it was an adult movie, they might have the temptation to make it more crass. And I don't think it needed to be more crass, but I have, I have a solution. Okay. What's your solution? So I just looked up video game ratings, right? Like for for video games, because you have um you have E for everyone, but before that you have early childhood, then you have everyone ten plus, then you have teen, mature, adult only. Okay, so um what I'm thinking is that we need a rating between because um PG thirteen you can say the f bomb one time according to the FCC. You can, I, we've talked about this before because I learned this in Be Cool, the movie with John Travolta, mm-hmm. which you're very surprised that I even saw. But I learned it from so from that movie. They kind of break it down. I forget I forget why I forget like the story behind that conversation in the car. But anyway, I feel like we need a rating between PG and PG thirteen. Okay, because PG thirteen movies have a lot of violence, not so yeah. much of the gore because that's a rated R movie. But I feel like we need a rating between PG and PG-13. Or maybe PG-13 needs to become, like, PG-17, right? Because, like, 13-year-olds saying the F-bomb, like, that's not going to fly at home. Wasn't there a rating that was, like, NC-17 at one point? Yes. But I don't know where that went. Is that for television and not movies? It could be. I'm looking it up. What is NC-17? No child under 17 admitted. Um, rated PG-13, parents strongly cautioned. Some material may be inappropriate. Some material? Okay, so like, me, myself, and Irene is a... No, that's a rated R movie, never mind. Yeah, I was gonna say. I thought that was PG-13, and I was like, there's no way. But there, I don't, I feel like there's a lot of PG-13 movies that really stretch the, you know, rating, if you will. Yeah. So I feel like either PG-13 needs to be bumped up to like a higher teenage year... Or, like, if we're going to call it PG-13, then there needs to be a rating between PG and PG-13. Because I feel like that's where this movie falls. Yeah. Because it does have, like, the elements of a child's movie, and it's an animated movie. But, like, guess what? South Park is also animated. And that's really not for children. Yeah, I, I don't think that you can necessarily automatically say, oh, it's animated, so it must be for children. And... That's a big mistake. <laughs> yeah, no, you can't do that anymore. Um, but that's why, in my mind, I thought of Wes Anderson, because Fantastic Mr. Fox is not a child's movie. It's an adult movie. Like, Wes Anderson movies are adult movies because the dialogue is very sophisticated, unlike children's movies where you're looking for your audience to be, like, little kids. Right. I think a lot of the jokes in this were not for for kids. Like, even um, when he's like, I give you my word, and he's like, okay, what is it? Exactly. Like, the whole shtick of uh, Susan Link is to be, 
Like, the comedy was very, very advanced in this movie, in my opinion. Yeah. That was hilarious when he was picking his name. Oh, yeah. I just, I remember, and I, I do remember laughing at those parts. Those were part of my highs. I also was a fan of the animation. Um, I loved, in the trailer, you had Simon and Garfunkel. In the tra- I don't know if you saw the trailer. No, I didn't watch the trailer. Um, Which Simon and Garfunkel song? Me and Julio down by the schoolyard was playing. I think it's just, that's just Paul Simon. That's when Paul Simon was uh, oh, solo. Simon. Yeah, Garfunkel was out at that point. Okay, I don't, love that song. Don't, don't song. test me on the Funkel. I, I won't give you the information. So, well, I guess I wouldn't test you on the Funkel because he wasn't in that. Exactly. So, I thought that was great. The biggest low that I had was that, um, I know it's a cartoon, but everything... It, it, the excuse that something is just a movie or it's, you know, just this or it's just that or it's just a book or it's just fiction means absolutely nothing if you're not justifying what's happening. So I don't care what genre you're in. You still need to justify your actions. That's how a story gets told and that's how your audience continues to buy in. The minute you stop justifying things, Brian Murphy, <laughs> is when we have an issue because then everyone's like, well, how do we get here? What are we doing? Like. I can't follow this anymore. You've kind of you're kind of losing your audience, right? So the one thing that I that I couldn't buy onto was that they said that the that Susan weighs six hundred and fifty or six hundred and thirty pounds. There is no way that that skinny little body or those both of those skinny little bodies are going to hold up over six hundred over eight hundred pounds at this point. And I'll tell you why. I am I am pointing vigorously at Christina right now because I agree with this wholeheartedly. Please continue. It wasn't justified. So here are some ways that they could what what needed to be done, I think. We're hold on, let's just clarify. There is a scene once the bridge is breaking, Sir Lionel is holding on to the cliff and he is magically able to hold up at one point with one hand Adelina and the 650 pound missing link that does not make any sense and then at one point the villain yeah it doesn't make any sense like the rope could have been magical he could have had magic he could have eaten magical beans whatever it could have been the fact that he wasn't Susan was doing the only work because Susan could have probably held all of them up that that would have made the most sense out of anything if it was just Susan holding all of them up because there's no way that Lionel Frost could have held all of them up I would have liked it to be swished around and have Susan be the one fighting shrink and it would have been more of an interesting situation or if the rope snapped and split Susan from the other two, and the other two were holding each other up, and then maybe you think that Susan falls after he defeats the villain, and then Susan just grabs onto something lower, they slip, and then Susan grabs them. Like, something that just justified the fact that this little string bean of a man and this even smaller string bean of a woman, together they are holding up 650 pounds of Sasquatch is just not justified and i'm just not buying it i I agree with you 100 percent. i forgot to add that to my low but yes 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 all of that yes all of the children that we clearly have as listeners this is a very important lesson for you all everything you do has to be justified if you're not little boys and girls you're a sociopath so you need to justify your actions so you don't become one thank you hey thank you for coming to my ted talk today is word (laughs) 
it's true. I just feel like, and I don't know if it's because I've been doing improv for so long. And one of the main rules of improv is that you have to justify everything. And it's just kind of been embedded in my, but also like with writing. I mean, it, it's just, everything has to be justified in this world that you've built. Yeah. And if it's not, then it, then it doesn't, it's like circle the thing that doesn't belong. And it was like that moment didn't belong because it, it just didn't fit the narrative of what else was being told to me. That's just how it seemed to me. No, I, I agree 100%, 150% because that part did really piss me off. I had a feeling that it was going to piss you off if I'm being honest. Snack, Snack break. break. So what'd you eat? So I watched this this morning. So I had a bacon, egg and cheese and a cup of coffee. A bacon, egg and cheese on a bagel, an omelet? Bagel. Okay. I watched it. Um, we've now created um, family nights where we have dinner with Rosie upstairs and then we'll either play Scrabble or watch a movie. So we played uh, we played Scrabble the week before. So this past Wednesday we watched this movie and I made myself a cup of tea and Rosie had Belvita cookies. So naturally I dunked my cookies in my tea. Actually, that's very that's a good thing to drink while watching this because I did reference tea a couple times in the movie. This is true. So, I think I've had a black English tea. Ah, uh, I'm a I'm an Earl Grey fan, you know. I do like Earl Grey as well. I just feel like those teas are good when you want to put milk in your tea. Which is what he said when they go into the saloon. He's like a Earl Grey splash of milk. Don't don't steep it for too long. Very true. And then everything goes awry. Of course. So my expectation, I think. Um, I guess I just thought that like he was going to be accepted by these yetis and that there was going to be a love story of an ending. And I'm not saying that I don't like the ending and I'm not saying that that the ending that happened is the greatest ending. I'm just, I think I'm, I'm happy that we didn't have like this very predictable ending with this justified love story. I kind of liked that little turn at the end. I appreciated the fact that my brain didn't have to like go on autopilot and figure out the movie kind of thing. I, I agree. I um I really wasn't expecting much from this movie. I really didn't hear a lot of hype about it, but I did think it was funny, and I do like the little nuggets of wisdom thrown into this movie. For example, like the ending you said, where you thought that it was gonna be this love story and they were gonna kiss, but instead Adelina's like, you know what, I'm gonna go off and have my own adventures. You know, it's time. It's my time. Like taking that time to be like, it's time for me, and I'm gonna do what makes me happy. And then I also really liked when Lionel Frost met the elder Yeti for the first time, and they were having like a. I was trying to find the exact quote, but I couldn't find it. It was basically like they are going back and forth, and one says, "You have a lot of wisdom," and. Uh, the elder said to Lionel Frost, and then Lionel Frost says, well, I'm speaking the truth. I'm stating the obvious. And she goes, oftentimes wisdom is the obvious. And I thought that that was such like a, so great that like, yes, sometimes to be wise, it's just to be very grounded and just aware. Exactly. I thought it was excellent. I thought that if kids do watch it, they're, they're going to pick up a lot of like great, pieces of knowledge from this movie and that's I wasn't expecting that out of the movie I think what's good about it though as well is that there's a lot of like 
conver- like, this movie brings about a lot of good conversation for a child. Because I feel like a lot of the wisdom that, like, children don't know what wisdom is. Sorry, children. I'm sorry. But you don't. You don't really know what wisdom is. You know the difference between right and wrong, which is helpful when deciding what is wise and what is not wise. But I feel as though if you're of the age of reason, which is at least seven, and you're kind of watching this, you're not going to really understand what all those pieces are. But I think this movie, you know, aside from hiring an assassin and killing somebody, um... I think this movie kind of opens the door for good conversation between parent and child in terms of those wise comments and giving a parent an opportunity to kind of explain them and like provide a life lesson. And I, I, I think that's cool. I think that learning is important. So I agree. I think that there's also like a bigger lesson about so Susan is on this journey to find his relatives because he's lonely and when he does finally meet the yetis they don't accept him and he is no longer lonely because he creates this family for himself which is lionel and adelina he forms those bonds so i think that's also an interesting thing where you don't need to be surrounded by quote-unquote family and relatives you can create your own sort of family based on the human connections that you make well in his case he's not a human technically he's like the step before evolutionary man but you know for lack of a better word tomato tomato (laughs) sorry so did you have an irl moment i did actually so there were a lot of scenes this is an adventure movie they travel around very very quickly and one of the scenes where they're on a train and uh, Mr. Link is looking out the window and his face is like pressed up to the glass and he's just staring out the window because he's never left Washington before. That is me whenever I'm on a train. Like I, when I studied abroad in college, we took a train from uh, Prague to uh, Poland. We actually had like a transfer in Katowice and then we went to Krakow, Krakow, Poland. And the whole time, I'm such like a, even when I fly, like I need the window seat. I need to see where we're going. And I just want to like stare out the window, maybe listen to a little music and just enjoy traveling. Like that is, nothing is more exciting than just me looking out the window. I like that. Mine was about the part when they're on the boat and she, Adelina falls off the boat and she's like, get the buoy. And he throws the buoy at her head and it knocks her down and she's like hanging on. And then he like grabs her, he gets to the window and he grabs her and then he bashes her head into the boat. And <laughs> he brings her in. And I can't tell you how many times, like I've been so close to helping somebody do something and then like I accidentally hurt them in the process. And the most recent one that I can think of is, <laughs> I like if Dave asks me to crack his knuckles I might crack them a little too hard I'll hurt him but there was a time when the dog was growling at my mom and I was trying to teach the dog a lesson but also get my mom out of the way yeah and it was in this hallway and the door to the side stairs to get out was open so I'm lecturing the dog which is a thing that I shouldn't do because the dog can't understand a lecture No, no he cannot especially not this dog but any dog can't understand (laughs) one to two words is needed but I was just so angry at the moment 
So he hears my mom say something and he barks at her and he runs at her and I like push her in the doorway and slam the door so that they stay separate and my mom almost falls down oh the flight of stairs. <laughs> She's like, I understand you're trying to help me, but like you also killed me in the process. Yeah. Oh, so, that's funny. I'm Susan sometimes. <laughs> hey, you know what? It just happens. All of my intentions are always good. It, they just don't happen that way. Exactly. <laughs> we did it. Woo! So thank you so much for listening. You should check out Missing Link. It was a very cute film. And let us know how you felt by reaching out to us on Instagram or Twitter at Hey It's Two Girls. Send us an email at twogirlswatchtv at gmail.com. Two is spelled out T-W-O. Check out the uh, YouTube channel, Two Girls Drink Beer. And Danielle and I are on Instagram. I'm also on Twitter at Classicstina. And Danielle's at Danielle Kobianki. Good luck and spelling that. Blog. Well, what? I said good luck spelling that. You, know, you say that every week. Eventually, somebody's going to figure it out. Someone's going to figure out how to spell my last name. I'm not if the only one with this out, last name. If figure it out. If you, they figure out how to spell your last name, we'll send you an award that says Superman. <laughs> so All right, everyone. It. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. Bye. Bye. What's up?